everybody. Welcome to Band Advice TV. Uh, this is the Matt and Mark About Music podcast. I am your host, Mark Allen B. and... Matt Mason. Matt the Cat Mason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that cassette that we put together years back in college. Loved it. Matt the Cat. I still got it. I still That's got awesome. it. That's awesome, yeah. I That's still so got it. Cool. I ran into Howard at that Generation Axe, and he, he's got every one of his... CDs and records, they're all digitized nice. and alphabetized in a spreadsheet. <laughs> so he had digitized those those records and sent them to me. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. awesome, man. You know who keeps popping up on my Facebook friends you may know? Hunt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. I don't even know if he'd remember me, but I figured oh, I, no. might, I, I might send him a, a friend request. He's, wa- he's watched these, uh, I think, a few times. Oh, already. cool. Yeah, cool. I talked to him. Well, you, you guys you guys are like the, the bellboy twins, though. So oh, man. Bell-bottom yeah. twins. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys went and both got matching pairs of bell-bottoms and <laughs> came back, and you were walking along, ding-dong, ding-dong. <laughs> Those, and they weren't like corduroy. They were dollaroy. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yep. yep. I remember we had that one. Easy Rider watch party in the dorms, and we all were wearing our tie dyes. Oh yeah, man, that's, that's what college is about. Fun shit. Well, like that was that whole uh, post alternative neo hippie mm-hmm. little slice that was happening there, where the acoustical stuff was starting to come back in. Yeah, <clears throat> it's fun. Lots it of was fun. fun. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, well, it's having fun with it nowadays too. I mean, you're staying busy, living the dream, all, and I'm. Uh, doing the same so yeah man it's just so, different paths but you yeah. know it all kind of crosses over once sure. in a while what what uh now you, you you got you a new guitar not too long ago yes i did i did uh i've been a fender guy for pretty much most of my life my first electric was a japanese fender square bullet which you still got it still have it i do i don't have it hanging up right now but yeah i still have it it uh I had modified it when we were in Stillwater. Had had thrown a humbucker in, the, and I'm kind of wishing I wouldn't have because I've seen this this guitar which I paid 110 bucks for. Seen it going three or four hundred bucks. It's kind of a collector's thing, you know. Oh yes, yeah. the uh, the Squire. Of course, now the rebirth of the Squire name and it's really taken uh, shape. But you know, people are like oh, the Japanese guitars. Fender wasn't too bad, so yeah. Oh yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to find somebody that might be an enthusiast to see if they they're interested at all. So because that one it had a, a Strat style body, but a, a Telecaster neck mm-hmm. on it. I mean, it was a, it was a seven eighth scale too. It was a yeah, smaller it was a little smaller. I, yeah. I knew a couple other guys that had. And one it, it got smaller and smaller on me the bigger <laughs> I got. Too, so <laughs> threw that over my shoulder the other day. It's like, dang, what is the ukulele here? Yeah, what? right. It's like a parlor size. But uh, yeah, so I've I've been uh, you know a, a Fender Strat guy and a, a Telecaster guy for a while, but I bit the bullet. I went Gibson. I had my eye on this the the uh, two thousand eight. It was the faded series, so I got the Warren Cherry uh, Gibson Les Paul. Man, it is nice. And first time I took it to church, our sound engineer goes, "That guitar is welcomed here anytime." Yeah, because he and I, he was been struggling with trying to get me to find my place in the mix. And the Telecaster is a little twangy and. I always always cut the mids because you know it's kind of a rookie thing to do when you're kind of a bedroom player. You like to scoop the mids a little bit, and he'd tell me to bump the mids up. And I'm like, eh, eh. but this the Gibson sounds great, loving yeah. it, and uh, it's, it's got a lot of, a lot of relief to it though. They they did a lot of relief in the body, so it is a little bit neck heavy. I've noticed, so it's like mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna lift up here, but. Oh, so so it's a, what is this studio? No, but it's it's the faded series, which is real similar to the studio, but I think it has a little bit more relief and it's a little lighter. Okay, and uh, yeah, those are some of my favorites, man. I have, to, yeah. I have several of those faded series instruments, and I just I like the finish. Yeah. Number one, I like the oh, finish. Yeah. Number two, 
Well, obviously, it's a lot less money. Yeah, yep. I just don't feel like every guitar needs eight la- layers of <laughs> right. finish on it, you know. And it feels better. I mean, the yeah. cheapest one with the most, you know, just basic finish, to mm-hmm. me, that just feels the best. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely definitely took uh, the aesthetics into it a lot. And, of course, the price point. I mean, it's still a $1,000 guitar, but, you know, I guess your, your studios are going to start at 12 aren't they? Maybe even a little higher. Oh than yeah, that. I mean, you know, it's just like it depends on how good you want to get at shopping for it. Yeah, true. You know, and how much time you got to spend on trying to look for the perfect one. And, mm-hmm. You know, what do you really? What's really important to you? You know, and uh, yeah, this just everything's gone up, man. I mean, it's just those guitars are very expensive now, and it's yep. kind of like out of the hands of a lot of people. Well, I remember when you bought. I think it was your first one. Mm-hmm. That was back in. When we were in college and playing together, and mm-hmm. I think you spent twelve hundred on that at the time too. That guitar was nine seventy five. Nine seventy five, okay. And I uh, that that was when they were listed, and that's a standard. Mm-hmm. It's a ninety two standard. It's black, mm-hmm. and so I got a vintage case with it that was cheaper than the new new Gibson case at the time, and I think that was about sixty dollars or something. Okay. So I had you know not very much in that, and they were going on the street for thirteen, fourteen. Um, or listing for 18 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I got at East Coast Music Mall. I think that was cl- so, so shortly before they were closing out, something like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I just can't believe what some of those go for now. It's just like... No, these are all the Gibson brand, or are you throwing Epiphone in there as well? Or No, those are all Gibbs, Gibson, USA-made Gibson. Okay. I have, you know, the Epiphones. I have a Epiphone Firebird, a couple of those, and a Epiphone... Uh, Man, you know the Manda Bird, mm-hmm. one of them. That's pretty cool, you know. And really, I mean, for the for your average person, Epiphone is a fine instrument, mm-hmm. and it's you know I played that Epiphone Firebird the second time we played with Trower. I played that on stage, nice. And I'm like, I just you know I don't see anything wrong with this guitar other than in some people's mind, since it was a hundred and forty dollars, they'd think it wasn't good enough right right now like i'll tell you you know you get up there in the top frets and the fret work's not quite the same as the usa firebirds you know but man the thing sounds great it plays mm-hmm. great i mean the finish on it's really tough i mean if it you know if something happens to it god forbid i'm not going to be that upset it'll right. be upsetting but it wouldn't be you know a, a big a loss as it would be if something happened to one of the usa ones you know yeah, see, I, I was kind of wondering that. So I put a little Facebook survey out a couple of weeks ago on a couple of the, uh, the posts, you know, the Wampler post and Keeley, or Wampler group and Keeley group. So it's okay. Finish this sentence. Uh, Epiphone is to Gibson what blank is to Fender. And, of course, I had some people say, cut the drama. It's like, this isn't drama. I'm just curious. Cause yeah. my Actually, my point was, because I have always had a lot of respect for Epiphone. My dad was... Uh, he played guitar, and he had an Epiphone guitar for years that was actually picked out for him at the advice of a guy who was a Fender purist. Yeah. I'm sorry, not a Fender. I'm a Martin purist. Mm-hmm. It says, you know, if, if this is meets the approval of a guy that plays a $4,000 Martin, mm-hmm. this has got to be a pretty good guitar. Yeah. So I was kind of wondering what people's thoughts were. So, if, you know, I naturally was thinking that they're going to say Squire to Fender. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I was almost – I was really surprised that I didn't get more people saying – Made in Mexico fenders, you know mm. the Mims. Yeah, that the Epiphone would be along that line too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. So, but I guess part of my reason for that is like I'm trying to get a, a feel for 
what people's opinions are of Squire as well, since it's kind of a, a new thing and it's definitely in your more affordable price range. Mm-hmm. If uh, if they would consider that to be the Squire to be as highly regarded as Epiphones are regarded by by Gibson people, but as you just said, a lot of people are like, well, it's not Gibson, it's Epiphone. But I never considered Epiphone a bargain basement line, so. Well, it's just like more more along the lines of, hey, you know, I mean, I'm a working player. I'm going out there. I don't, I'm playing in some places where I don't know if I'm going to come home with all my gear. Yeah, yeah, just the bottom line of it. And, you know, it's like I always likened it to, okay, you know, it's like showing up at a pool party in a tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's just some joints that are like, I'm not going to take yeah. my best my best I'm not gonna go ride my best horse. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Over here. I'm gonna take something that I like for different ways, mm-hmm. different reasons and, and play that. But uh, you know, Epiphone's good stuff, man. Okay. I mean, like I said, it's 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 in the electronics and it's in the fret work. Sure, sure. But you know, if you're uh playing, you know, doing gigs, if you're whatever, it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. You don't need to spend thousands of dollars on an instrument to sound good and play good right it's that that's what people don't get they think oh if i get this if i get that how about this how about you sit in your room for about 12 hours with the record (laughs) record player and try to like figure out what notice he said record player not mp3 player yeah what your favorite player is really doing you'll see an improvement in your performance no matter what instrument you're playing yeah, you see some of those uh, those viral videos too, where some guy will go in and grab a first act guitar in Walmart and just start shredding on it. It's like, uh, you know, it's was Zach Wild doing the Hello Kitty on uh, the uh, okay, and yeah. I be on Hello on the Hello Kitty guitar. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like so. Yeah, it's uh, it's the the musician that makes the instrument more so than the instrument makes the musician. Definitely, so. especially when you're dealing with the the subtle differences, I guess, between an Epiphone and a Gibson. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's like because at first you, everything feels weird, right? Everything, you know, now you hand a, you know, a Les Paul custom to somebody who'd just been playing for a short while. I don't know that they'd really necessarily be able to perceive the difference between that and like, you know, uh, an Electra Les Paul copy or, you know, a Dean or, you know, anything like that. It all kind of seems weird. And you just really got to get in there and experiment and see what feels good to you, what Mm -hmm. you like. I mean, seriously, a lot of my favorite players... There's stuff I would never really think that would work for me. Right. But they sound great on it. And so, you know, cutting your own path is where it's at. Sure. And there's some significant differences in the way you play going from Fender to Les Paul. That's the thing I learned. It's like, whoa, there's a huge learning curve. And I'll be honest with you. It taught me, going to the Les Paul taught me that I've been picking wrong all these years. Mm. And that... I need to focus more on the wrist movement and freeing my wrist instead yeah. of just plopping it down on the on the bridge and just using my fingers. Yeah. It's like so I'm kind of having to to relearn some and after all these years it's a little frustrating. So what do you mean I'm supposed to be getting better, not taking steps back? But yeah, we're well, getting there, getting there. <laughs> yeah, well, and the the big difference is the scale length, right? You know, because like the Gibson is shorter, so mm-hmm. by nature it's going to be like a little more spongy. Mm-hmm. There, you know, it's not going to be the strings aren't quite as snappy. It's going to be a rounder and mellower sound. Mm-hmm. It's also going to be easier to bend on. You know, uh, the neck feels different, of course. But you know, the Fender—that's why they got the snappy, glassy, all those sure. adjectives they use to describe a Fender—is because the string is longer right. from where it hits the nut to where it comes mm-hmm. to the bridge. So that's going to give you more glassy, snappy. You know, it's 
it's tighter it's more mm-hmm. tension you know you have to play different you know it's like i walk into a club see a band like hey get up here and the hand it's like man oh man you know it's it's <laughs> you gotta get used to each one of them right but there's just this and there's that and you know use one when you want use the other one when you don't you know you, know, you want that it's just like when you go to test drive a new car and all of a sudden you, you go to put your foot on the brake and it jerks because it's like oh i don't have to put that as much pressure on right. the brakes or, or <laughs> these brakes aren't worn out <laughs> or they're not worn out or or the, the gas pedal is more responsive than right. what you're used to and yeah. uh, that poor guy that's trying to sell you the car is going all crazy <laughs> yeah so gibson got themselves into a little bit of a PR mess this last couple of weeks, huh? Man, yeah. I tell you, for those of you that don't know what's going on, um, where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, basically, they got this new guy, and he's the director of brand experience, Mark Agnesy, looks like. And he posted this video. You've seen the video, I'm sure, mm-hmm. where he's talking about play authentic. It's like this new pitch, got to play authentic. And of course, what he's trying to do is. is Say hey, you know, don't go for the cheap stuff. Go with Gibson. You know, do the do do the real thing. Don't buy the the cheap stuff, and you know, be authentic in your in your playing. The problem is, is it went from this kind of a sales pitch thing to all of a sudden, oh, we're going to sue your tails if you decide to copy us. Yeah. And uh, true to to what the video said, within like two days, they went after Dean mm-hmm. and for the Flying V and stuff like that, and they got a lawsuit going. And it's like, man. Okay, I get that you're you're not wanting people to rip off your intellectual property. Although, how long has Dean been making the Flying V? Years, decades, right. decades, right? And my, you know, when I first thought when I heard that was like, okay, well, Chevy should go after Ford because the wheels round. Exactly, right. That's just about as much sense <laughs> as that makes to me. Right, right. So and... just it was just really crazy. So of course the internet just blew up on that deal, and I guess they they pulled the video down pretty quick, but. For any of you that don't uh, know this, nothing is ever erased from the internet. Once it's out there, it's out there forever. You just may have to hunt for it. Keep so that in mind. Keep that in mind, exactly. You know, <laughs> your little Snapchat and whatever stuff you guys are doing. Next days. time you go to a beer party, keep that in mind. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Videos, but, I mean, I like Ignisi, man. He worked at Norm's <laughs> out there in L.A., and he, you know, he was doing the guitar of the day. Mm-hmm. And so every day they'd show him playing and demoing different guitars and, you know, uh, just a real fun, interesting dude. And then he started his own little web series. He was interviewing people at his house. And, you know, he's real knowledgeable about, about mm-hmm. instruments. And so he, he saw a chance to take it to the next level. And you gotta, you got to understand, hey, you know, Gibson's a big company. They've been around a long time. They're kind of changing things around. What a good opportunity. I was happy for him when I found out about it. Mm-hmm. You know, this, here's the thing. What you got to understand is like, now it's not about positive and good and all this. It's about go after somebody. You'll get more traction that sure. way. Gets people talking now a lot more than positivity. Oh well, yeah, like. I get that. Sure, with uh, with all the uh, you know red and white and left and uh, any, I'm sorry with all the <laughs> anything, man, anything. Yeah. I've seen artists go after other artists. It's not healthy, right? But it, it does get the controversy. It gets people talking. Gets them um, taking sides. And okay, remember when? Remember when Miss America? was decrowned big, uh, Vanessa Williams yeah, right big yes. huge controversy oh my gosh there's these scandalous photos oh no she's not going to be a role model for the United States we're taking her crown and we're going to make this big 20 years later what's she doing she's a spokesperson for Kmart <laughs> 
Nobody I guess they didn't realize it. Yeah, of nobody course. even realized why they knew her and knew sure, her name sure. and knew her likeness. She put a couple of songs out there, did yeah. some movies, sure. And so, I mean, you know, you you sort of become famous for being infamous after right. a while. Well, look at all that stuff with Cardi B and whoever that is. No, I don't is. even know. <laughs> I guess she's some she's some uh, pop artist, but has quite the sordid past uh, in the adult industry or something to that effect. I don't know. Oh, but uh, yeah, it's like. What kind of role model is that? Exactly. I don't think people are looking to maybe for necessarily role models, but controversy plays into certainly the Gibson thing, you know, because now they've said, okay, well, now we're just going to be a collaborative type. Thing. Sure, yeah, they're going to after they've walked into the party and spilled their beer on the ground and punched somebody in the nose. Now they're going to be nice. I don't mm-hmm. know, man. It's like that company's gone through a lot, and uh, I just don't know what the future is going to be, but. This is not the way to go forward. This is right. This is not it. But they definitely did. Uh, they they got their name out there. I mean, they definitely stirred up the controversy, got people talking about it. And if that was the intention, then it was it was brilliantly it played. But uh, I think he also ticked off a lot of people in the process. You know, it's mm-hmm. you know just like a lot of people aren't going to be buying Nike shoes for the next couple of weeks until they forget about what happened with yeah. that and. Uh, you know, move on. They'll have cause... something to talk about and something to stand on for a while. Sure, exactly. I'm going to go burn my Nike shoes and buy another $150 pair next week because mm-hmm. I like them. Right. So I don't hear anybody burning Gibson guitars right now because they're just too dang expensive yeah. for that. Well, and I mean, what, they, what they're, what, you got to figure out what are they selling. Right. Really, what are they selling? Obviously, they're selling an instrument that, for most people's mind, if they know anything about guitars at all, Gibson is one of the top names in, in the guitars. Sure. Is it still deserving of that title? That's up for debate. I'll tell you, my experience is, I would say no. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I bought a Les Paul Jr. in 09. I mean, faded finish. You know, it was $700 or something. Uh, Came to me with the usual old-style bridge on it. Just wraps around. You can't intonate it, really. Mm -hmm. And that guitar at half step down and open G was not playable. It was it wouldn't wouldn't really stay in tune. So wow. I had to spend another hundred dollars on a Tone Pros bridge, the wraparound mm-hmm. with the you know uh, saddles in there to intonate each string. You know, now the purists will be bitching because oh that's not really stock. Uh, now the tr- and then the other people like myself, I'm like, look, I don't really care as long as it works. As long as if I, there's some reason I should want to sell that guitar, I can put the original equipment back on it and mm-hmm. sell it. But still, I'm like, uh, that to me was kind of like a an eye opener into like, well, maybe they're not the best guitar company in the world anymore. No, I just I think that they've. Well, I mean the whole the whole thing was you know play authentic, mm-hmm. and uh, they're saying you know don't don't go with the cheap knockoffs, don't do, uh, you know don't go with the the other brands and stuff like that. If you want to play a Les Paul, get a Gibson Les Paul. But the problem is, is that you can get a Les Paul. That's an Epiphone Les Paul, which we just talked about. Epiphones are great guitars. But then you can also get the Maestro. And then they talked about a couple of years ago mm-hmm. that they were going to come out with the, the $150 line. Everybody can have a, a Les Paul for 100 bucks, And it's like... Yeah, those are th- like- that, They're cheapening the brand themselves. And, yeah. you know, Les Paul being the innovator, I, I kind of... Personally, it irks me. Because yeah. it's like he, the, all the things that he has done, you're kind of just cheapening his name and his contribution to the music by slapping that on a... On a hundred dollar guitar. So, well, uh, I, that was like kind of like the Melody Maker, Les Paul Junior, Stupid Colors series, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And you know they were grabbing maestros. At, yeah, they were grabbing at straws for a while there, and they still are. But I mean, 
you know, the faded series, write it down. Yeah. That's that's the way to go. Yeah, I like that. That's a lot, the best so. bargain for your money. Yep. I mean, I started with a faded SG. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite one. Nice. I have a custom shop SG. I have a standard USA. I have SG specials. My favorite feel is the SG faded. Nice, nice. The Flying V faded. Love it, too. I mean, that's the best deal. You know, none of those instruments should be more than $600 brand new. You know, if you can, you can find those for three to $400 playing a USA-made Gibson. That's that. That's just like competitive with the other thousands of people making instruments mm-hmm. at every price point. You know, some of those builders, you know, like they they're building an improved version of whatever is familiar, right? Which Gibson hasn't done that. I mean, that that Junior came with the same crummy bridge that it came with in 1958. Hmm. Now the purists be mad, whatever, but it's functionality. You know, if you just want to hang it on the wall, big deal. Sure. But if you actually want to play it, it they got to make some strides forward. Right. Now, I don't think those robo tuners and all this <laughs> other stuff was a stride forward. I think that was not. They shouldn't have been thinking about that. Right. Right. But you know, they'll always have their fans. I'm one of them. But I mean, I realize that hey, you know, go pick up a Les Paul copy. You know, I mean, Appetite for Destruction was recorded on a guitar that was in fact not a Gibson. It I was a Luthier's copy of a Gibson. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, you know, sometimes what looks like is not really what you think you <laughs> exactly know? look at us we're not really youtubers but we're certainly trying right <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know man i think the only thing that makes you a youtuber is you just put up content yep that's true and i noticed when i didn't when i wasn't doing content regularly i didn't get like a an email saying hey creator hey creator right this is what we're doing hey content creator uh-huh. you know and so the more you do it the more you yep, know that's true more people and know about it and you know i, I just feel like it's not like you know you have to be rich, famous, and well known to, mm-hmm. to call yourself a YouTube creator, a guitarist, a, right? Know, whatever you're doing, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, back to the, the Gibson thing too. It's like I think they tapped into the brilliance of, or I think they brilliantly tapped into the the knowledge that there's two types of guitar players out there. You got the working musician plays in a band, mm-hmm. and then you've got the bedroom musician, the bedroom player, and there's the entire industry seems to be shifting towards that because i think that's where the money is honestly i think that once you made more money in my bedroom than i have playing live yeah <laughs> well just because you got the, the the kids and the doctors and the lawyers and all that that are going to sit there and do the whole tone chasing thing so they yeah. they want to have the, the the guitar that's got the brand new pickups in it and all these pedals and stuff you know and i'm guilty of it too i'm, I'm the guy that'll spend two thousand dollars on pedals to make my amp sound like a thousand dollar amp yeah <laughs> You know, but that's part of the fun that I have with it. But I'm also not taking every single one of those pedals to to whichever gigs I'm going for. Yeah, so, well, I get you it. Know? You know, it's fun to fool around. But I mean, I call them cork sniffers because yeah. it's like, <laughs> okay, I've played a lot of gigs, I've done a lot of recording, I've done a lot of stuff, and all those Gibson guitars, I've never willingly gone out there and replaced pickups just because they were up to my standards. Right. It's in the player. It's in the fingers. If you sound like shit, hey, how about Mm -hmm. you practice a little more? Right. I guarantee you'll see results. And it ain't the fool. It ain't the tool. It's the fool. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. (laughs) You know, and the fact is, too, is that 
Yeah, you can tell the difference maybe in your bedroom while you're playing. But when you're in a crowded bar and you got a, a your sound engineer is half in the bag right then, you ain't gonna tell the difference. You know, you're gonna hopefully he'll have you in the, the frequency mix that it'll be a nice balance, but you're not especially the average person in the audience is not gonna be able to tell the difference between the stock pickups versus the replaced ones. So Yeah. It's yeah. all it's all perception. Right. You know, exactly. and you gotta figure out what is Gibson really selling. You know, what is Harley selling? Right. What is, what is any of those heritage-type brands selling? Obviously, they're selling product association. Oh, I want to be associated with the best guitar maker in the world. Sure. I want to ride the best motorcycle in the world. Well, you know. A lot of people say Harleys aren't the best bikes in the world. That's exactly right. Especially you, when you're driving by one that's parked on the side of the road because it overheated. Right. Or you're talking about, you know, years such and such through such and the such. The MF era, yeah. You know, and I mean... I know some of those Gibson, the years of Gibsons. I won't even look at them. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, SGs. You want this? You want to look for these years? You want to lay off of these years? When it got funny with the traditional and the all those, it's confusing to people. Sure, sure. And so uh, I think they got to think about what they're selling, who they're trying to reach. Are they trying to reach the fourteen-year-old kid who's getting pretty good, who knows the difference between? junk and something something good that's got you know four or five hundred dollars he can spend they they need to figure out who's their market who are they right. going after you know and uh i mean i'm no ceo of any company or nothing but i could just kind of see how it goes you know mm-hmm. and as a player of those instruments all these years myself I, I just think you know i could tell them what i think they would do but then Somebody across the country would think I was an idiot <laughs> and spend two hours on the computer telling me about it. Sure, sure. So I don't tend to get in those kind of conversations yeah. online about stuff like this. But, you know, I just think it's it's all in the eye of the beholder and what their perception is, is what's a good guitar? Hey, I played ESPs that are good guitars. I played all kinds of great guitars that aren't Gibsons mm-hmm. that weren't. Fifteen hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. They were three hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. You know, I'm more thrilled now with what can I get for the cheapest? <laughs> yeah, no that's doubt. That's going to get me close to the results. Yeah, you know? no doubt. I just, I've, I was toying with picking up this uh, Epiphone three thirty five. I think it was. Guy was selling it for three hundred twenty five bucks. It's like. I've seen yeah, those for two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, and, and like, they're nice. I bet they are. It's just. I've almost yeah. bought one of those several times yeah. myself. Because they're always on there. You know, people that are buying them and then selling them left and right. And mm-hmm. I've seen them anywhere for like said, or low 300s up to 425, which I think they retail for about 450. So mm-hmm. I really uh, like the 339 because it's like the 335 with a smaller body. Okay. And so, you know, the 335 for a little guy like me, it just <laughs> seems a little bit too big. So I need like the, the triple extra 335. <laughs> 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 you know, make me look slimmer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, let me ask you this. Now, I think was, I heard Bonamassa talking about this and that the Flying V was actually designed to be a country guitar and that it was designed so that you put your arm through it and hold it like this and pluck it, and that's why the V was cut out. Really? Have you ever heard that? I haven't heard that. Because uh, it certainly did not end up that way. I almost got, almost got killed one night when I showed up for a country gig with a V. Nice, nice. <laughs> I, saw, I saw, saw a YouTube thing. It may have even been... Brian Wampler's channel where he he took three Boss HM pedals and modified them or totally gutted them and replaced them with you know like little tube screamer circuits and all that because now put this on your board and go to your country gig all three of these and just watch everybody go "Ah." yeah right (laughs) (laughs) all right well that's hey good talk by the way we are not endorsed by Gibson nor Fender nor anybody else but if you wish to do so 
You just leave me a comment. Well, that's not exactly a- true, but we'll talk to you about that in the next video. Okay. Well, I'm not endorsed by anybody other than the, the all-American greenback that's paying for all this crap. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, good talk, man. Good talk. Awesome, uh, man. All right. I so, can't wait to see what happens with kids. Yeah. This, hey, we may... We may uh, I can't wait to see what happens with this video. <laughs> what these responses we get. This, right on. You know, I'm like stirring up a little controversy ourselves, right? No kidding. Okay. No town. Well, anyway, I am uh, Mark Allen V, and this is... Matt Mason. And uh, this is Band Advice TV with the Matt and Mark About Music Podcast. So until next time, peace. See ya.